There was someone who actually committed suicide after she'd been bullied um, via text messages. So they're just, like the minister is actually getting involved in this, the Minister of Education now, just really looking at what is going on in schools and how they can combat this. Like it's becoming a big problem. Children are missing school more often because they're being bullied. Um, you know, they're committing suicide. They're actually, this is, it's getting to be a problem that really needs to be addressed. So that's a huge national story at the moment. Welcome to You Are the Guest, a weekly show where you can be the guest and tell people what you and your friends and neighbors think about news events and issues of the day. It's part talk show, part opinion poll, part reality show, and a whole lot of fun. And it's completely dependent upon your participation as a guest. To be considered as a guest for a future show, check out the website at www.youaretheguest.com for details. Now here is your program host, Bill Grady. Greetings from the great city of Fort Dodge, Iowa, and welcome to show number 37 of You Are the Guest, the show where we talk to everyday people just like you and me about their lives and about the issues of the day. Our guest today is from Christ Church, New Zealand. Gata, welcome to You Are the Guest. Hi, Bill. Thanks for having me. So are you excited to be on the show? I am excited to be on the show. Um, yeah, it's quite interesting because I think I'm probably the second person from Christchurch she's had on. So, yeah, that's pretty exciting. Do you know Brandon Shirley from Naked Art? I don't know them, but um, my in-laws have a bit of their artwork around the house, so it's pretty interesting to see them get on something international. Is the artwork from your in-laws, is it of Brandon Shirley or is it of your in-laws? Um, it's... Um, it's, it's sort of the, the, a bust, but I'm not sure whose bust it is, so to speak. It's an unknown bust. Yeah. So I've got, never asked. You've never asked your in-laws? Who's, who is that? No, I haven't, actually. And nobody's, but, uh, and nobody's volunteered that? No, they have a lot of artwork around the house, so, yeah, I just never thought to ask. Are, are you going to ask for after this interview? I think I will now. <laughs> <laughs> So how did you find out about the show? Originally, I think it was um, on Podcast Pickle, just from having seen some of your posts. I went to the to your page and um, listened to an episode, and I really enjoyed it. Just interesting to hear people's point of views from different parts of the world. And, yeah. How do you like Podcast Pickle? I love it. It's a great place for ideas and just um, just to meet other people, hear what other people are doing, and get some ideas for new shows. So, yeah, it's, I think it's probably one of the better forums out there for podcasters. Can you tell me about yourself and about the things that you do? Um, okay. Well, I'm originally from what people call French Canada, from Montreal, Quebec. And I've been living in Christchurch for just over the past three years now with my husband, and he's a Kiwi. And together we run a multimedia and mobile phone software development company called Zodal. And um, we also have a podcast together called iHeartNZ. And um, I also run a blog called Girls Toys. So very into technology, and uh, I guess that's about it, about me, yeah. So what kind of a change was it for you to go from Canada to New Zealand? What were some of the things that uh, you were unprepared for? Well, 
the first time I came out here was six years ago on my OE, my big overseas experience. And um, at that time, I was living in Auckland, which is New Zealand's biggest city. It's probably the most multicultural city, and it's where most people come into New Zealand from. So that wasn't too much of a change. Um, it's not as multicultural as what I was used to in Montreal, so that was probably the biggest shock, but still not too bad. Then I went back to Canada, and when I returned to live in Christchurch, um, that was a bit more of a shock because there really isn't that much diversity in culture-wise. Um, people sort of um, compare Christchurch to uh, an English city, let's say. So it's quite Anglo-Saxon, um, and, and that's probably the biggest shock, I'd say. That's probably the biggest adjustment because um, I'm... Oh, you wouldn't know that because this is all audio, but um, I'm black Canadian, so that's what was the biggest adjustment, adjustment for me. Are there some cultural divides up in Montreal, too? Yeah, there definitely is. Um, there's a lot of political unrest, which I guess if you look at all of my friends that are still there, it's sort of driving a lot of the younger people out. Um, I guess it would have been over 10 years ago there was a referendum and that was a vote, yes or no, should Quebec separate from Canada. There's always been this feeling in Quebec that um, they're unique, they're special, and they should be their own their own legal body, their own country. Um, and luckily, the no vote won, so no, Quebec shouldn't separate, but, I mean, we only won by... Uh, 48 to 52. <laughs> What's the math on that? We only won by 2%. So, um, yeah, so that was a bit scary. And so a lot of head offices for big businesses that used to be based in Montreal slowly started moving out because basically if, if the referendum is ever held again and, you know, the French side does win, that yes, they will separate. They're really wanting their own money, their own passports, and just to be a, their own separate entity, which just wouldn't really work, you know, this in-between place between Canada and the States that would just be a third world country, most people think, but um, there is a, there is a, there's, a, there's another group of people that think that, well, it could work, so that's a very scary prospect that a lot of businesses weren't willing to stay around and see happened, and a lot of people who were sort of trying to have families or trying to start a career weren't willing to stand around for either, so... Um, yeah, I know, like, my sister's just moved over to Ottawa, which is just two hours away, but it's just a completely, it's completely different. So it's it's something that, as a tourist or, um, yeah, as a tourist, people don't see it, but when you're living there, it's something that you know there is this political unrest about, and you never know when there's going to be another referendum, and uh, it's, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a strange thing. The French and English there is sort of lives together quite well, but on the other hand, it doesn't. Where do you see multimedia going, and where do you fit into the mix? Uh, I think it's going to be something that's a lot... It's going to be, you know, the, the catchphrase, I suppose, is ubiquitous. So it's going to be everywhere. It's going to be easy to access all the time. At the moment, you know, we've got... Everyone's got a mobile phone. A lot of people have MP3 players, and uh, you can sort of always connect to other people and and always hear music or, or whatever, but I think we've only just sort of touched touched the, the tip of that. Um, it's going to 
be even more so. It's going to be even easier to connect to people with um, different devices, different gadgets like the iPod and your mobile phone. And so the way that I see myself and our company Zodal fitting into that is um, we're very much into sort of connecting communities with our software, um, anything from sort of multiplayer games to business applications that help people sort of stay mobile because I guess that's what a lot of what's happening with a lot of businesses. People don't just sit in their offices from nine to five. There's a lot of going out and having to interact with clients. And so that's the sort of applications that we're really interested in building is applications where people can stay on the road but still get work done so they can access information from their computers through their mobile phones and, and uh, update information through their mobile phones. So I think the future of multimedia is really about connectedness. In your opinion, has technology and the accessibility to it, has that helped people's lives or has it given it more stress to them? Yeah, I think it has given more stress. I think, um, I know for myself even, it, it's you kind of have to stop and, um, and and sort of reassess every once in a while. Like for, for myself, I know emails sometimes can cause me great stress, like it's meant to make things easier, but at the same time it's removing um, some interaction that should honestly just be happening face-to-face -face with people in your office. Um, or, you know, it, it's hard to read people's feelings through email, and sometimes you misread people's feelings, and, and things snowball out of control. So it is, um, it is it, yeah, I think it does cause a bit of stress, unfortunately. It, it's meant to, it is making things easier, but at the same time, there is this emotional stress of, of having to deal with emails, and uh, of, it, Emails can sort of just take over your life sometimes when you're sitting down doing work. So it's a, it is a, it's a catch-22. Are spam emails and junk mail, is that a problem for you? Uh, that is definitely a problem. I think I've got a quite, quite a few emails out there just with having a blog. You kind of have people that are legitimately giving you information or legitimately commenting on something you write about, but then you, you, know, you get all this spam as well that's targeted spam, which is so annoying. <laughs> but um, Can you give me an example of one? Because I get a lot of that too. Well, I got one the other day, and this was through my girls' toys blog, and, and that blog's all about gadgets and, and sort of my hook phrases. It's, it's like a female twist on technology, so I talk about gadgets and that and um, and and uh, mobile phones especially, mobile phone gadgets and games and stuff. And I received one the other day from someone saying, they read my blog sometimes, and um, could I have a look at this? And I had a look, and it didn't really work, and I just got the feeling that they were wanting me, they obviously wanted me to blog about it, but the person who wrote to me, who said she was part of sort of the development team, wasn't anywhere, her name wasn't anywhere to be found on the website, and so it was just a little bit confusing, but I quite often get little emails like that that say, wow, really enjoyed your blog, have a look at this, and just the way it's phrased, you kind of think they have been reading it, but then you go to the website and it doesn't, doesn't really jive, or it does, but you kind of get the feeling they haven't been reading it because the email is just so bizarre, but they're wanting to get like sort of a free advertisement out of it, they're hoping I'll blog about it, so that's, yeah. I still get the emails from the guy that has family members in uh, jail or lost money 
uh, somewhere, and if I would just help them by giving them my bank account number. Yeah, I still get those. I still get those. Uh, the one that I got the other day that actually scared me a little was, um, it was similar to that. It was, you know, someone passed away and they found the big silver box and we can all share it if I'll just get it off the island for them. But they actually had a name. They'd figured out names of family members. So they said, um, I think in, in the address line, they said this is about... And they used my husband's father's name, but they sort of had it a bit wrong. They had the middle name wrong, but they said he passed away sort of 10 years ago, which was completely not true. But that one really shocked me. And they said, and he'd left us all this money. Could we transfer it, whatever? But they somehow were able to figure out the just, yeah, through some sort of online white pages or something to sort of trace back what my husband's father's name was. So... That was a bit scary, that one. What's the big local news story of the day in Christchurch? Oh, the big local story of the day. Um, kind of, yeah, the, I guess the one of the biggest stories at the moment is um, the whole uh, idea that um, the Da Vinci Code could have been stolen. The idea for the book behind the Da Vinci Code could have been stolen from two Kiwis two Kiwi researchers. That's pretty big at the moment. Um, then there's also the other sort of local story um, that leads right back down to um, a children's book writer who lives in Christchurch. He's also now, um, he's saying the idea for the movie Mr. and Mrs. Smith was stolen from him. And that seems a lot more plausible because his story was actually called The Secret Lives of Mr. and Mrs. Smith. And uh, yeah, he's just been quiet about it for so long because he didn't really have the money. He didn't have the money to, to pursue the legal action for it. And um, I suppose he's just been told by friends, like, look, you really have to pursue this. This story is verbatim stolen from your book. Uh, and, yeah, so I really believe that a lot more. But it's it's unfortunate that both of these are happening at the same time in, in New Zealand and people are kind of going like, what's going on? <laughs> people are just stealing from us and, and they think we'll never find out. So, Are there no original ideas these days? Yeah, I guess that is a problem. There there really isn't on TV, on, on in books, there really isn't. It's, uh, it is a problem. What are people thinking about the U.S. right now? Hmm. Yeah, that's a difficult one. I saw um, my husband and I watched Crash last night, um, and uh, and then a couple of weeks ago we saw Syriana, and uh, when we saw that we were in Australia, and, and um, it's really difficult to see movies like that because you kind of think, well, gosh, you know, at least we've we've been to America before, um, so we know we know that American people are good people, and. Uh, we don't, we're not just influenced by movies like that that are showing you this totally racist, totally angry side of America. And so, yeah, we just kind of, it, it's its really difficult because some people have never been to America. They've never been to Canada. It's difficult, you know, it's like a 20-hour flight to get over to that side of the world from here. So when that's your major influence, uh, people are getting a negative, really negative um negative outlook on America at the moment. So Hollywood is really portraying the U.S. in a bad way? 
Uh, well, it is. I mean, those are two two of the biggest movies of the year at the moment. Um, really headed in for uh, everything evil in America. So, you know, we've got people who don't make it out of here. A lot of people who don't um, make it out of here until you know, until they go on a big trip overseas till they're twenty, twenty one, or whatever. And, and it's not really inviting after you see something like uh, Crash or Syriana, really. What's a national issue going on in New Zealand that most of the world probably doesn't know about? At the moment, I'd have to say uh, the issue of bullying in schools is, is one that I've noticed is kind of made front page for the, the last couple of days this week um, as being an issue. And... Um, one thing that was a little bit, um, you know, it's very kind of showing the signs of the times is um, there was someone who actually committed suicide after she'd been bullied um, via text messages. So they're just, like, the minister is actually getting involved in this minister of education now, just really looking at what is going on in schools and how they can combat this. Like it's becoming a big problem. Children are missing school more often because they're being bullied. Um, you know, they're committing suicide. They're actually, this is, it's getting to be a problem that really needs to be addressed. And that's a huge national story at the moment. What's your opinion on why that is happening? Well, yeah, I guess it, it does come back to this um, technology. Once again, it's meant to make our lives easier. And, um, I've noticed, you know, uh, children younger and younger having cell phones, and uh, it's, it's a difficult thing. There's some parents don't really believe in it, but then at the same time they think, well, it's helping us to, to know where little Johnny is or little Mary is. Um, and they sort of put in different rules for how their kids can use cell phones. But, um, you know, we only have two mobile phone companies here in New Zealand, and, and they're constantly fighting to see who can give the best deals on text messaging and so at the moment for ten dollars a month you can sort of send 500 text messages a month which is quite a bit for for kids and um so you've got kids that are seven and eight years old that are growing up quite fast with having phones in the day that really they don't need they should be just concentrating on school and and, and concentrating on you know actual physical interaction with with kids and being on the playground, but um, that's something that they're looking at. They're thinking of actually banning phones during the school hours because this stuff is actually happening during school. Like they're just sitting there sending text messages. They're scheming during the day with text messages. They're, you know, bullying people. So um, it's it's a it's a big problem, and I think it's got a little bit to do with kids growing up a bit faster than they used to. I think and a lot of it does have to do with technology. How are people when it comes to politeness and manners as they use their cell phones? Because, for example, yesterday, once again, sitting through a stop sign, we're waiting for this woman to go, but she uh -huh. won't because she's talking on the cell phone. Right. Do, you, do you have that problem in New Zealand? Um, yeah, I, I, I find that on the roads. Um, quite a bit, actually, and um, it, it, it is, it is, yeah, it is a problem with people just sort of using them 
Um, interestingly enough, I, I'm kind of hoping this rule will come to New Zealand, but um, you know, just across the ditch in Australia, you're not allowed to use your phones when you're driving at all. Like you can't be stopped at a stoplight or anything. Um, and it's just happened to someone I know in Australia that she was stopped at a light and the phone rang, and she picked it up and she answered it. And as soon as the light turned green, she hung up. But a cop saw her, and she got a $200 bill for that. She got a $200 ticket. So um, I think it's definitely something that needs to happen a little bit more, needs to happen here as well, because people just, they just, yeah, they're just not, they're not, uh, they're not concentrating, and they're just, yeah, they just don't really care about what's going on around them. So A little bit uh, like Pavlov's dog. As soon as they hear yeah. the cell phone, they drop whatever they're doing, no matter what. <laughs> And yeah. they just say, whatever is ringing it has to be more important to what I'm doing, like driving through an intersection. Yeah, that is exactly what's happening. And uh, and then I guess there's the whole level of conversation, the, how loudly people talk and what they talk about. They just don't realize that they shouldn't be talking about some of that stuff in public. So. Oh, I share that. I, I've learned more about people I've never met before about what they're eating and what their kids yeah. are doing. You know, you couldn't strike up a conversation with them to find that stuff out. No. And uh, who they're breaking up with, and uh, you kind of, it's, yeah, it's making some exhibitionist people really happy to have this forum to, to just, uh, yeah, do whatever they want out in the open on the phone. It's crazy. Here are the final five questions. What's a Canadian saying that you could teach us today? Okay, I'll teach you a saying that comes directly from Montreal. Um, and this is, yeah, this is quite specific to Montreal. And, and it's, um, as Montreal as a two-cheek kiss. <laughs> That's the saying. As Montreal as a two-cheek kiss. So when you meet a Canadian, if they just say hello, they're from anywhere else in Canada, but if they automatically grab you and want to kiss you on the cheek, Sort of gangster style, like Soprano style, let's say. <laughs> they're probably from Montreal. Or they're a gangster. <laughs> or they're a gangster, yeah. One, one of the two. <laughs> yeah. Do you miss the colder seasons? Uh, no, <laughs> I don't miss them. They're too long in Canada, I guess. Um, winters here can be cold. It doesn't snow in Christchurch. It snows maybe once once a season in the city, but um, it's shorter winters, whereas in Canada, winter went on for about six months, uh, which is just too long. Too long. <laughs> so I don't miss them. Have you ever been to Moose Factory, Ontario? <laughs> I have not been to Moose Factory, Ontario. Uh, is that a city or is that a factory? It's actually a city. And okay. being a hockey fan myself, there's a hockey player that's from Moose Factory, Ontario, so that's become one of my favorite cities. Okay. Just just because of the name. That that's the coolest name I've ever heard. Moose Factory, <laughs> Ontario. Yeah. <laughs> what are the cool technology toys? Hmm. Um I have to say the PlayStation Portable at the moment and um, the iPod's definitely still cool. It's definitely still a cool toy. Um, yeah, 
those, those are the ones for me, the, the PSP and the iPod, just for being able to have all this entertainment at your fingertips. And the final question, what's the best part about living in New Zealand? Just being able to, to be so close to everything. Um, at Christchurch is sort of known as the gateway to the South Island, and so, you know, I'm in a big city, but at the same time, I'm living out by the beach, and I'm a minute from the beach, but then I'm 10 minutes from the city, and then I'm only about two hours from um, vineyards, and I'm probably about three to four hours from ski fields, and so that's probably the greatest thing, um, just the close proximity to everything, just to be able to, to work and live and have a, a good balance. So I, I think that's, that's probably the best thing about New Zealand. Gada, it's time to play Ask Bill 3. This is where I'm going to turn the microphone over to you, and you get to ask me three questions about anything. So fire away. Okay. All right. Here we go. Um, we'll start with maybe a little bit of a, a, a trickier one. Um, I'm just wondering what your perception is of New Zealand if you know anything at all about New Zealand, if you've ever been here or anything like that. I've never been to New Zealand, but my impression is that it's a smaller version of Australia. <laughs> and the other thing that it reminds me of is a, a little bit of maybe some of the smaller countries of Europe where they just want to stay very, very neutral about most things in the world, if that okay. makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. So it's a little bit of Australia mixed in with, uh, like, Sweden. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Huh. Okay. Um, my second question is, uh, what's your favorite gadget and why? My favorite gadget right now is the iPod. Just okay. because I'm enjoying the music I've put onto it. I've got the 30-gig uh, version and i've got about 3400 songs on it and it it literally has 80 percent of my cd collection right at my fingertips and so that for me is is a great treat especially as i travel i spend a lot of time on the road in hotel rooms and just to have that much entertainment right there in a small package is just wonderful for me Mm, it is. Is that a video iPod or just a normal iPod? Um, no, it's the 30-gig uh, video iPod. Okay. How about for you? What's your favorite gadget? Uh, at the moment, it's, yeah, my video iPod as well. It's the same thing. It's just uh, it's just really nice to be able to just kind of have anything, anything at any moment. Like, you know, you can listen to music or you can listen to comedy or you can watch something. It is pretty amazing to have that. You can pop it in in the car as well. So, yeah. What's question number uh, three? Okay, question number three is... Um, in an unforeseeable disaster, if you got to save just one CD, one music CD, um, sort of follows on from the last question, which one would it be? Frampton Comes Alive. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm a big Peter Frampton fan. Uh, I saw him live uh, a couple of years ago up in Minneapolis. Uh, he was right. at uh, Mystic Lake Casino, and he, he was just a, a fabulous musician and uh, so for me 
that would be one that, that I would take. And I would take the 25th anniversary edition as opposed to the regular one and, and just mix them up like I listened to it as a kid on a cassette. Okay. How about for you? Um, for me, I think it would have to be... Um, it's hard picking one, isn't it? It's very hard. I've recently just started um, downloading quite a bit of Canadian music. I'm realizing how much I've missed that. Um, and so I think I'd have to say the Tragically Hip, but I'm not sure which CD it would be because I can't remember any of the names. But, yeah, I think definitely the Tragically Hip. I've seen them in concert a couple times, and, uh, yeah, they really – they're like the essence of, of Canadian music, which is such good music. So, yeah. I've got a few Canadian titles in my collection. Yeah. Let's see. Red Rider. This is 80s stuff. I think Tom Cochran used to sing with Red Rider. Really? That's correct. That's correct. Yeah. How, okay. about, how about a band called Klaatu? No, not at all. They, they were the um, band that, that they thought were the Beatles. <laughs> Re-released an album because all the only thing that was on the label was Klaatu. <laughs> okay. Nope, never heard of that. <laughs> Let's see, what other Canadian bands can I think of? There's the Bare Naked Ladies. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, that's that's for me a little bit more popish and reminds me of my radio days. Right. How about Prism? Yeah, I have heard of them, but I don't know that I, I know their music really that well. Oh, here's one for you. Kim Mitchell. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's pretty old. <laughs> That's really Kim, old. Kim Mitchell and the Patio Lanterns. <laughs> um, I've got one on the tip of my tongue. Blue Rodeo. Blue Rodeo? Yeah, if you don't have any Blue Rodeo, you have to get some Blue Rodeo. That's great stuff. And they sing, um, they're quite good with good friends with Sarah McLaughlin, and they sing some songs with her. That's very good stuff. And, of course, there's Rush. Yeah, Not Rush course. Limbaugh, but Rush. <laughs> yeah. Gada, do you want to tell a little bit about your websites and your podcasts and how people can read and listen to your shows? Okay. Um, so the podcast, I Heart NZ, we say it's about all things New Zealand and everything else. Um, and that's with myself and my husband, Chris. Um, and we just, um, Chris really likes to tell stories and he's traveled a lot. So we've, he, quite a few stories is, is what a lot of our listeners really like is the stories he tells about a lot of his travels. And, um, we just try to tell people a little bit about New Zealand as well. But then at the end of the day, the issues are the same, no matter where you're coming from. So we end up talking about things that really can relate to anyone. So we have listeners from, um, just about all over the place. And if you wanted to hear more, find out more about that podcast, that's at um, www.iheartnz.com. And um, the company that I run with my husband called Zodal, um, that's at Z-O-D-A-L.net. Uh, we're just, we're a company out of, yeah, based here in Christchurch with about five staff and um, traditionally did sort of flash websites and have moved on from that to do games and um, other software, like I was mentioning before. 
and uh, the blog that I, I write in regularly about the gadgets is called Girls Toys. Um, that can be found at girlstoys.co.nz and um, could be of interest to anyone if, if, if you like to find out about the newest phones or what's happening with iPods or um, other gadgets, a lot of quirky gadgets, what's coming out of different places like Japan, um, what's being released, what's coming in the future, and um, people can always comment or let me know what, um, what they enjoy. Gonda, thank you once again for being our guest this week on You Are the Guest. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed that. Hi, this is John Bischke from LearnOutloud.com, where people go to enrich their lives and become better at things that are really important to them. One of our titles that I'd like to recommend to you is Bill Grady's audio seminar titled How You Can Create Advertising That Really Works. It's a very common sense approach to answering all the questions that many small business owners have when it comes to doing advertising effectively and efficiently. And the best part about Bill's audio seminar is that it comes with a money back guarantee. For more information on Bill Grady's How You Can Create Advertising That Really Works, go to learnoutloud.com forward slash Bill Grady. Learnoutloud.com, changing the way the world learns. If you'd like to be a guest on a future show, just go to our website at www.youaretheguest.com. Submit your first name, the town where you live, and a short description on why you'd make a good guest. There is no charge for being a guest, and you'll have the opportunity to share what you think and how the news and events from today affect your life. The show's producers will contact you by email if you're chosen for a future show. That takes care of the show for this week, and taking us out are two songs from the Poncho Ponsafe Music Network. From the great city of Fort Dodge, Iowa, I'm Bill Grady. Thanks for listening.
Music provided from the Podsafe Music Network. Check it out at music.podshow.com.